commenters on the <laughs> world of professional wrestling man it has been a uh, career trajectory for you for the past what four three years from um, i guess so the international videos right yeah that's true um you know the the rumors of my success have been greatly exaggerated it's a it's a modest channel you know but i, I have fun with it I'm able to do some stuff professionally, whether that's writing freelance or um, editing videos for some promotions. I've done work with Beyond Wrestling. I've done work with Ring of Honor. So it's it's really it's really fun. It's really cool. It's been a it's been a wild couple of years since the channel opened. Yeah, like the last time you were here, just talking about what ifs in pro wrestling on another podcast. But now I know. You have been in one or two promotions of pro wrestling on their YouTube sites. So before we get to the video game side of things, were there some fanboy moments when that happened? Or since it's in the internet, of course, there's no face-to-face thing. So it was easy to handle. Um, I, I definitely internally freaked out uh, when a few people like reached out to me. A few wrestlers reached out to me online. Like I've been able to have conversations with eddie kingston uh i've spoken to chris hero he uh, both of them have said incredibly nice things about me publicly online and i'm so super super grateful for that um it was really cool to see videos that i've done be part of like an actual pro wrestling show that was able to happen this year with beyond wrestling yeah uh a couple weeks ago i was able to interview the current IWTV independent wrestling champion, Wheeler Yuta. So that was awesome too. So just a lot of really cool moments, uh, really cool things that have been able to happen all because I talk about pro wrestling. Yeah, and uh, I, I still love the fact you got to talk to Eddie Kingston. And that's like the guy I was watching when he was the Chikara champion. Thanks to Amazon. Oh my Prime. God. <laughs> you're, you're, you're telling me, man. I... Early 2010s, it was like Eddie Kingston. He was like the guy in my head. And like, especially in 2011, 2010, that kind of era. I- insane. Crazy that he knows who I am. Crazy that we speak at all, you know. So it's completely surreal. And I'm super grateful for it. So for those who are wondering, why are we talking about wrestling? Because this is what we want to talk about in this episode Wrestling simulators. And uh, one of my good friends here, who is Joseph, obviously, has played them. So, Joseph, what was the very first wrestling simulator you played on your PC or on anything, for that matter? Well, if we're going to be super technical about it, uh, I had a lot of fun with GM mode, you know, uh, on SmackDown versus Raw. Hala, hala. Specifically, yep, specifically... 05 to 07 that Mm -hmm. was kind of the zone that i really played a lot of uh especially on the psp and i'm sure a lot of people who are wrestling fans or like video game fans will kind of relate to this experience like if you were a kid who watched wrestling in the early 2000s you had the smackdown versus raw games you know you you played gm mode people are still clamoring for gm mode to come back it's like half the big marketing for aew's upcoming video game is that they have a gm mode so it that that was the root of it but if we're talking like like individual simulators where that's the main goal it's not like a fighting game it's not a wrestling game it's purely a wrestling simulator my first experience with it was ewr because it was free <laughs> amen thank you for freeware ewr for those who are not familiar with it is a code name for extreme wrestling revenge oh, just kidding oh no i extreme think i got warfare. it extreme warfare revenge yeah and thanks to EWR, I have been embedded in a very smarky community in the early 2000s, Joseph, called the <laughs> EWB. I hope you didn't know that place. I just—I do not. I have no idea what you're talking about. 
uh, Extreme Warfare Battleground. It's a forum and oh. several iterations. So that's actually the first time a very, very young and full of hair, Martin, went to a forum and most of them, you know, shit post in mafia games. You know, the mafia games like Wolf. It, it's it's like a forum, of course. You're either a townie or a mafia guy. And most of mm-hmm. all, since we love role posting there, some guy says, Res- asterisk, wrestles for Chikara, asterisks. Or a townie for Chikara. I'm like, what the hell is this Chikara? And this is like the uh, very late 2000s. So like, the hell is this Chikara thing? <laughs> yeah, those Chikara in its prime, late 2000s, early 2010s. That's kind of like when you want to get in in regards to Chikara. And apparently in that forum, we heard like, you know who else played EWR? And I think you saw this when you opened up the credits part, right? I, I don't remember anymore, but do oh, tell yeah. me. The Hurricane. Uh, <laughs> really? S- certain uh, indie wrestlers and one up-and-comer called John Cena. No way. John Cena was an EWR guy. That's that's nuts. That's crazy. I love that. <laughs> I hope it's true. I so badly wish for it to be true. But you know, it's not it's not a, a wild stretch of the imagination to think so. Like EWR has had like a lasting legacy in the wrestling community as a whole like actual wrestlers know ewr they love ewr (laughs) i think like a couple of years ago there was actually like a beyond wrestling event that was called extreme warfare revenge and it was they did the graphics based on the game uh, and it was you know to tie it all back it was like a beyond versus chikara event so it it's real people know this game it's it's iconic in the community yeah, it's funny too because you mentioned Chikara. The fan base of EWR in their forums is a Chikara. It's like mostly Chikara fans. Mm-hmm. And then well, they just love well, yeah, on Chikara. H. Yeah, of course. Well, because Chikara had all that long-term booking, you know, their extended storylines, and you kind of want to like do your own thing on EWR. But like, yeah, to tell to, to tell all the people about it, EWR, it's freeware, by the way. Yeah, I think it I think it always has been. Always has it been. either always has been, yeah. And you can you can still download it right mm-hmm. now. You you download it, it's the simplest thing. You just open it up, and basically the gameplay is that you are the booker and or owner of a pro wrestling promotion. I think with EWR, it was uh programmed to have real world uh wrestlers and promotions so you could pick from any of the of the promotions at the time that it came out which was like 2002 2004 so you could be ring of honor you could be tna when it was opening up you could be the wwe and you just you just have full control that's the idea of games like this is that you have full control of the promotion you pick the talent you put the shows together and it kind of gives you like um, a grade. It grades your ability to put together a good show. Amen. And uh, thanks to EWR, there's a lot of wrestling personalities. Well, no, like I don't know if these personalities are like the Dave Meltzers of that time. Mm. If you know what I mean. That's when sure. you pick your quote-unquote reviewer to check your matches. There's like 411 Wrestling with Scott Keith. Another oh one. And then the Scotsman of scotsmanality.com. I remember that. I barely remember it, but I do remember it. What it it kind of went away with later versions, but yes. EWR they had the spot for spot match breakdowns, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could read the events of the full match, which first of all, I have no idea how they programmed that. That sounds incredibly difficult and complicated. Yeah. But yeah, it was it it at the time it was incredibly immersive Mm -hmm. because they tried to um how you call this well you're one of the youtube reviewers but back then there wasn't much youtube reviews because there's no youtube at all at that time in the early 2000s Mm -hmm. sure it was all the writers uh the writers the blogs the no i don't know if there's yes scott keith of 411 wrestling scotsman Mm -hmm. scotsmanality i forget this the third one but there's a third one 
I would hope it's like Larry Sonka or something. Or maybe it was before his time. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Yeah, it's yeah, funny they uh, don't have Dave Meltzer. Rest in peace, Larry Sonka. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, that's wild. Um, and the main difference, by the way, for people who are unaware or haven't played it, is that the difference, what separated EWR from something like GM mode Yes. for SmackDown versus Raw is that with GM mode, obviously you're working with only one company. You're booking the WWE. Exactly. And uh, specifically, you're only booking like one show. You have to pick like Raw or SmackDown. Uh, with EWR, you're booking a whole company, uh, any of the major known companies at the time. And EWR is, um, it operates outside of kayfabe. So it acknowledges that wrestling is a show. It acknowledges that it's fake, so you're you're pulling the strings. Where WWE, it was more, it was kind of like you're a sports manager, you're like a commissioner setting up fights, but you don't really control who's win or winning, uh, who's winning or losing, unless you're playing the matches out yourself, which you had the option to. But yeah, that was the main differentiator. This was supposed to be more realistic. Um, so even if it was just a text-based game, you had, of course, a few minor graphics, pictures, and stuff. But even though it was mostly text, it was always that immersion, that realism that drew people in. And then here's the fun part. Like, there, I think this comes at the later f- versions of EWR. There are, mm-hmm. like, event history, uh, and then you meet with your staff. And I think there are wrestler relationships, or does that factor into the next freeware, which is Total Extreme Warfare? I keep forgetting. No, that is absolutely... I cannot recall if it was in EWR, but I'm almost certain that it's uh, a factor in TEW 2005. And again, everybody, TEW 2005, Total Extreme Wrestling 2005, you can still download it for free today. It's freeware. I, I remember how I heard about TEW 2005. I had a cousin, an older cousin, who was a huge wrestling fan. And he had TEW 2005, right? Because it's freeware. And he basically told me, dude, you watch wrestling. You're going to love this game. You get to book the shows. You get to pick who wins. And it's so immersive. And I used to like catch glimpses of him playing it. And I was like, my mind was just blown. It was like, oh my God, this sounds like the coolest thing in the world. And this was around the time when I was starting to watch like shoot interviews. Like, do you remember the kayfabe commentaries? Be the book, guest book, the guest booker series. (laughs) I was watching like Gabe Sapolsky and Jim Cornette. And I was like, oh my God, I got to do some fantasy booking. And TEW 2005 was the perfect outlet for that. Uh, for me, kayfabe commentaries. Were they the same one who did Timeline? Because that's my favorite. Like yes, they are. They are. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep, they're the same company. Uh, it was always the one guy. Uh, it's yeah. always the one guy oh, doing God. the interviews. I forget his name. Sean something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember. The but yeah. Uh, kayfabe commentaries someone should check out would be 1997 Timeline with Jim Cornette. Oh my God, <laughs> he tears into a lot of people, especially Kevin Dunn, that two two beaver face mother trucker. <laughs> you know that guy? Oh man, Corny hates so many people. He hates so many people. I know, it's so funny. But yeah, TW 2005, it kind of took the idea of EWR and it just kept pushing it. Oh, you know, uh, there was actually a 2004 before that. I think you you, yes. you can still purchase that, I think. I'm, mm-hmm. I don't think it's free. But basically, it, it went about adding more uh, features. You know, you could do more. Like, you had more freedom, uh, more specificity when booking your shows. You could uh, choose the time. You could book as many segments as you wanted on your show as long as it fit within the runtime of the event. And I think that with this version, the Total Extreme Wrestling series, which is like the spiritual successor to EWR, it also introduced the Cornellverse, which is the fictional, yep, it's the fictional database of fictional companies and wrestlers that you can play with. It comes with the game. They were probably trying to avoid like uh, 
copyright DMCA takedowns. They didn't want to get sued, so they didn't want to use any of the real people, the real uh, trademarked uh, properties. Uh, so they made up their own. Uh, a lot of it is based in the real world. You can kind of draw parallels between certain workers, certain promotions. But yeah, the Cornell verse became a part of this series in the 2004 version. And it's continued to grow and evolve with each new edition. And I know that most people love to do the real world mods. Yeah, the mods. For TW, <laughs> right? So are, are you I, a real world guy? Yes, because uh, I, I don't know. I was still a... Obviously, I like T, uh, WWE, TNA, and everything. Mm-hmm. So I won't be going to the Cornell verse, but I see a lot of people in the boards who love the Cornell verse. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's the thing is that a lot of people want to play with the real people that they know, and you know that's understandable. You you want to play Booker, you want to see your ideas uh, kind of become reality, play with the world with wrestlers that you're familiar with, uh, companies that you're familiar with. Uh, and, you know, the community of players and fans for TEW has always been really supportive of that. Like, through every version, there's always a free, completely free mod that's super easy to install. You can just slot it into your game and you're playing with the real world. And people will spend hours of their time just updating uh these mods like by the month like you'll be playing like january 06 real world january february 06 real world march 06 real world and they do this for years it's crazy oh yeah they do that uh hey question because you also bought uh total extreme warfare right the non-freeware version are there did you get it from steam or you bought it separately uh what happened was that i did get into the later editions which aren't freeware you do have to purchase those yes uh usually i would just get it straight from the site uh if it wasn't like a gift from a family member or i was purchasing it purchasing it for myself it i usually went straight through the site but i know a few of them are still available on steam now so like for those of you with Steam, I'm sure it's like super cheap, especially if yes. it's one of the older versions. Uh, I highly recommend this series. It's so much fun. Uh, I was saying earlier, right? There's the Cornell verse. I have always been a Cornell verse guy. I don't know. I just like it. I like the freedom of it because you're like you're not burdened with like preconceptions about the talent involved. Yes. So if you're playing with the real world, you have these ideas, you have these facts of like, you know who John Cena is and the kind of things that he can do. You know who Brian Danielson is and the kind of things he can do. But with the Cornell verse, it's just like completely open. Like you'll be given like a short description, a history of the guy, but you can sort of project your idea of that wrestler onto what you're seeing. Like even with his stats, you can... You can sort of bring what you want into the game more than you could have with like a real world mod. Yeah, for those who are not like familiar with the Cornell first, what are the promotions that you know that are notable there and the notable wrestlers of that universe? All right. So uh in America, in the Cornell verse, there is a uh there is a company called SWF, Supreme Wrestling Federation. And that is almost entirely a direct parallel to the WWE. Uh, more often than not, you'll see parts of their history that directly parallel or are inspired by bits of WWE history. That's just kind of always the connection that most people make with SWF. There is a company under them called Total Championship Wrestling or TCW. And most people will associate TCW with either WCW or TNA. It kind of borrows from both of them. Uh, So it's like a more Southern wrestling company the way WCW was. It features more cruiserweight action the way WCW in the 90s did or the way uh, TNA in its early years had the X division. And uh, in 2005, it would go away in later editions. But in 2005, you had Dave, which was Dangerous and Violent Extreme, uh, which was basically ECW. Uh, That dies in later editions, and it's kind of replaced by a third uh, major company that kind of takes over, and it's called USPW, 
or United States Pro Wrestling. And that's kind of like Ooh. if that's kind of like if 80s WWF suddenly fought 90s 2000s WWF. It's uh-huh. a very weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like super Americana, family friendly and in 2005 it's like a small indie company but then in like 2010 2016 they get a deal with like a major streaming service like Netflix uh and it's called Reverie in the game world and they just blow up and they become the biggest company in the world so that's the american side of things um i'll just do japan next but there's other regions of course there's canada there's mexico and uh the uk but japan obviously is there's a company called Burning Hammer of the Wrestling Gods. Ooh, um, why Burning Hammer? Yes. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Indeed, you know. Uh, and the thing is, even though it's called Burning Hammer, I think it's much more based in New Japan than it is All Japan because it has a heavyweight, junior heavyweight split, and it's much more famous for its junior heavyweight uh, performers, which was kind of New Japan's general reputation in the 90s. And under them, there is a company called Pride Glory Honor Wrestling. And that's the one that's much more analogous to All Japan Pro Wrestling. It has like four particular performers who are kind of held up as the best wrestlers ever in the world ever. And that's kind of similar to the way that the four pillars of All Japan were viewed in the 90s. So those were the two main companies in Japan, and they kind of have their little struggles and back and forth uh, throughout the years. Uh, yeah, and for me, I always had the most fun playing with ga- playing with the companies either in the states or in Japan, just because that reflects kind of my own personal taste in wrestling. You know, I'm most familiar with American, North American pro wrestling and Japanese pro wrestling, so. Uh, in the states, I use when it was one of the big companies. Uh, my favorite was always TCW or Total Championship Wrestling, and in the earlier editions of the game, uh, it's be- one of the main draws for a player to use TCW was because they had Tommy Cornell, and Tommy Cornell is the person that the whole universe is named after, the Cornellverse, and Tommy Cornell is basically this super worker best wrestler in the world he's amazing and uh, he has some amazing stats in 05 and even as late as the 2020 edition he still has some fantastic stats uh for someone his age uh and he is just such a fun uh worker to utilize and book around you know because he is so talented and he can make your shows uh, so worthwhile. You'll usually get really high grades on your shows, whether he's um, doing a promo or wrestling a match. And so, yeah, TCW was always my favorite, uh, generally my favorite company to use when I'm playing American. Now, in 2005, the freeware version, I also loved playing with Dave uh, because... Who doesn't want to be running ECW in the 90s, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like if you're making money, why wouldn't you be? And I always enjoyed playing with Dave. I kind of liked um I liked taking it from being this hardcore company in the 90s and kind of like developing it towards, you know, kind of what would ECW have looked like if it had survived in the 2000s? And I think it would have looked pretty similar to something like ROH, uh, maybe. Uh, So I always kind of lead it in that direction where it becomes more of a bit of a work rate company. And that's 2005. Um, And in Japan, meanwhile, uh, I always preferred PGHW. Um, That's probably because I love All Japan so much. Uh, I love their history. And uh, PGHW always kind of drew on those parallels. So it just drew me in as a, a a wrestling fan and a player. And also, they're, they're, especially in 2005, their wrestlers have some ridiculous stats. They are just so overpowered. You will get like A-plus rated shows oh God. <laughs> all the time with PGHW in 2005. It gets a little harder 
um, okay. with each subsequent uh, edition, you know, because uh, all those guys have to retire because their bodies are beaten down. They've been wrestling these brutal matches all these years. So as the roster kind of thins out in later editions, it does become a little more balanced and a bit more of a challenge. And I actually kind of prefer booking uh, in those later years with PGHW just because it feels like you're 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 being pushed a little bit more creatively. It's not an instant A plus every time you book any show with any of these yeah. super overpowered wrestlers. Like um I think the most overpowered one was always like Yoshimi Mushashibo. And he was basically your Misawa figure where just anytime you book him in a match, it's like 90 plus. It's insane. Guys, by the way, Dave stands for <laughs> Danger and violence extreme. Get it? Just the most, just the most natural sounding name. (laughs) Like just oh, what a vanilla name, Dave. Really, Dave? Yeah, it's called Dave. (laughs) Dangerous and violent extreme. It's it's genuinely ridiculous. It's it's wild. Like some of the things in these games are pretty nuts. Uh, There's a lot of fun stuff in these games, but. Uh, in later year, the, the fun part for me, aside from all new features being added, right? Because every year, every time every there's year. a new edition, uh, there's a new a new version comes out like every, what, like four years, something like that. Yes. It was like 2006, 2008, 2010, 2013, 2016, and then the latest one, which is 2020. Um, but yeah, I, I always thought that um, the most fun part for me, other than new features being added every year, uh, the game being redesigned to always make it feel more realistic, more immersive, new details being added. I always had fun tracking the changes in the Cornellverse uh, from edition to edition. Like, I loved that. Like, um, there's in actually history. Yeah, there, there's, there's I think there's a guys. website. Yes, there is. There's a website where it it lists like the actual histories, the canon mm-hmm. histories of these promotions, and it would evolve with each one because the idea is that with each new edition, you're jumping forward to that point in time. Yeah. So, for example, uh, I, I mentioned earlier USPW, which is like an indie promotion in 2005. It's become the biggest company in the world by the time you hit 2010 or 2020 even. And like, There's other things like there's a major tsunami in Japan that kind of ruins business for a bunch of promotions, stuff like that. People switching sides, switching promotions. It's always super interesting. It's always so fun to follow. And because of that, because the world keeps changing, the the promotion that you kind of want to play with generally changes as well. Like in the later years, um, the British scene becomes much more active and much more powerful. By the way, because of Tommy none other than Tommy Cornell, <laughs> he jumps over to one of the small indie promotions, which was 21st Century Wrestling 21 CW, and he basically makes it uh, a direct competitor to WC to SWF. I said WCW. W-C-W. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so it becomes a, co- a a competitor to like the major American promotions in the game, um, and I think that's quite. It's sort of like a way to reflect how the British independent scene was becoming a major player in the industry in like the 2010s, the late 2010s. But in the game, it, it's much further, far more advanced than what it ever was in uh, reality. They, the 21CW has like a TV show. They have so many people signed. It's, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, it's sort of a reflection of that. Um, so yeah, in the... My one, some of my favorite promotions to play with, I mentioned TCW, Dave, PGHW, and I really love the American independent promotions uh, again because I'm a huge fan of American independent wrestling. So, a few of my favorites were Mao <laughs> in my head. I've always in my head, I've always said Mao, <laughs> but I know it's meant to be MAW. Uh, that's Mid Atlantic Wrestling. It's kind of like this very traditional uh, back-to-basics independent promotion. And in my head, I've always kind of booked it like it was ROH 
or just a, a real simple month to month independent company with like long-term stories and really great wrestling. And a lot of the talent that becomes really prominent in later editions, they'll usually be MAW alumni. So uh, if they're in the MAW roster in one year, the next time the game comes out, they'll probably be signed to a major contract in one of the other major promotions. Uh, that's one. The other one is CZCW. Oh my which God. surprisingly is like is not based on CZW. From what I can tell, it's not actually based on CZW. It has much more in common with PWG. It's based oh. in yeah, it's based in the West Coast. It has like this very Coastal super indie vibe. Zone championship wrestling. <laughs> yep, Coastal Zone Championship Wrestling. It had this very super indie vibe where it all the cruiserweights and the super workers, they always came through CZCW. And that always made me think of PWG, especially okay. in the later years. It got closer and closer to PWG, in my opinion. And the last one that I really liked to play with on the American Independence was uh, FCW, which was Freedom Championship Wrestling. I Damn, that's the I'm... most American-sounding promotion I've ever heard. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> not even Championship Wrestling. It was Freedom Caribbean Wrestling. Okay, uh, I take it, it back. Yeah, because it <laughs> was based... American enough. Now. Yeah, it's not at all. Uh, yeah, it's freedom. based... <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's based in Puerto Rico, Sorry, yeah. and I've always been kind of fascinated by Puerto Rican wrestling, its history with like brawling. So FCW is always a little bit fun, but not really one of the ones where I've spent most of my hours playing. It's usually one of the other ones I mentioned, but yeah, that's fun. Uh, and it's always changing, always evolving. Sometimes your favorite promotion is going to die, yeah. like Dave. Dave died, oh. and sometimes it thrives. It blossoms into something even bigger than you ever realized and that's always been part of what i found really attractive and really fun about uh tew oh man that's cool and speaking of which that is the default setting of the total extreme warfare wrestling simulator the cornell verse right uh-huh. for those who are not in the seed of this there's also a very popular scenario that was made into a mod called the i domination scenario or the nwa domination scenario for the wrestling fans what does that mean basically in the 1980s imagine a world where the first wrestlemania bombed and didn't Mm -hmm. make it so there's no wwf like after that wrestlemania he spent all that money for nothing Yep, he goes broke. And then, eight years later, in 1993, Vince McMahon comes back with Titan Wrestling Entertainment. Oh, my God. And it's <laughs> funny. It, it's funny to me what happened in that one. Because there's still something that would happen that's similar to the WWF. Because, mm-hmm. yes, sure, Hogan left, but there's people like Jim Helwig who is there as the Dingo Warrior and went all across promotions in the NWA. But he still got repackaged as the Ultimate Warrior in TWE and ironically would defeat Sergeant Slaughter, who defeated him in real life to become the first TWE champions in 1993. Now think about that. That's like two years after he, you know, had a lot of problems with Vince McMahon and WWF. I, I love the iDomination mod. I yeah. think I played it most in like TEW 2010 or 2013. Oh. One of those two. Nice. And it's such a fantastic mod. Uh, just because the idea is so great that WrestleMania completely bombed and the NWA just lived on forever. I love that. That's such a great concept. Um. It has a wiki. The mod has a wiki. It has a wiki. Actually, I'm reading it now just to refresh myself. Yeah, so for those of you who are interested, like if you're a wrestling fan and you're listening to this, I highly recommend playing with the iDomination mod just because it's such an interesting scenario of where everyone is in like if 
if the WWF failed. Like all your favorites are kind of scattered to the winds all of all across the country. I think like WCCW still lives in this mod. Like world class is still around, and they have like mean yes. Mark Callis as one yes. of their top guys. <laughs> Yes, and that's do. just hilarious to me. Like that's oh, amazing. Wanna know what's more crazy about this? The top guy of the NWA made his own promotion. Rick Flair promotions. Oh, and the logo right. reminds you of Jim Crockett promotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the idea was that he took over from Jim Crockett. Yeah. Yes, and I think like and the the interesting thing was that um when this mod came out i think they were just introduced either the year the the edition before or the edition after they had just introduced the idea of alliance championships which is basically a championship that's shared by multiple promotions so you could have booked like a territory uh long traveling champion like the nwa used to do i think in this mod at the start I think it's Chris Jericho who's the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. I think so. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure. He was a and... one-time World Heavyweight Champion on the wiki. Because I never mm-hmm. tried RFP. Obviously, who am I gonna pick? Titan Wrestling Entertainment. <laughs> no, I loved RFP. I think when I was playing with I Domination, RFP was one RFP of my favorites. Either so RFP weird. or or um like WCCW or something. Uh, I love those. Uh, it's such a fun time. And it also has like some of the smaller like indie promotions like Chikara. Oh, I loved playing with one of like these um these smaller promotions like Motors NWA Motor oh, yeah, City. Motor City. And guess and, who's and, in NWA Motor City? Like the machine guns, probably, <laughs> right? And oh, yeah. oh, I love that. And I I used to hire like Austin Aries and stuff for Motor City. Ric Flair promotions was fun as well, uh, just because it had such a stacked roster. Oh. Uh, I love that in this version, in this mod, Edge never changed his ring name, so he's just forever Sexton Hardcastle, which is so oh, yes. funny. Just, I just feel bad so funny for that, and also feel bad. Do you know who Doink is, by the way? Who? <laughs> Who became Doink? Oh, God. Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, I can imagine it, too. Oh, that's wild. It's funny they don't but, say it here in the wiki, yeah. but I know when I played I Domination. The hell is Dolph <laughs> that? That's Nick Nemeth! That's <laughs> so funny. I'm having like a lot of memories unlocked just by looking at the wiki. Like I used to play Calgary Stampede as well. And that's where like Sexton Hardcastle is the champion. And they have a lot of guys in here. They have Calgary Stampede. Wow. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. This is crazy. Like I'm I I I have to ch- I hope someone converts this to a TW2020 mod because it's just a really interesting world like such a cool idea and i feel (laughs) so uh, you know amazed yeah sexton hardcastle is little sexton hardcastle yes so good commonwealth champion is seamus o'shaughnessy not just seamus it's Uh, seamus o'shaughnessy so good canadian tag team champions and the women's champion are like the stable that we see in wwe which is harry smith tj wilson the tag mm-hmm. team, which is the Calgary Bulldogs. And well, the of course, they would never... It's obviously Natty Neidhart. Of course, they never would have had to go to America if the NW stuck around because they'd just have their little territory Stampede. in Calgary and they'd grow yeah. it. <laughs> so good. I, I love that mod. It's one of my favorites. I don't think it survived into the later editions or at least no one's uh, updated it. But um, yeah. if you guys end up getting like TEW 2010 or 2013, look up the iDomination mod. It's one of the best. There are other really famous mods that go with those editions as well. I think there is, I believe it's called War of the Immortals. And the the idea is that different versions of different promotions exist in the same time and space. So you will have 
golden era wrestling world wrestling federation against like ruthless aggression wwe and it it kind of works like that and you'll have different versions of different wrestlers as well so that that's one of the more famous ones i never really got to put in too many hours into it uh just because i'm as i said earlier i'm a cornell verse player i have sunk oh, yeah. <laughs> so many hours so into the cornell verse it's insane it's so insane that they have a wiki it explains the history of not just the cornell verse but like per region americas mm-hmm. canada europe japan right and right and like some of the mods which are like fan made have wikis which is oh. crazy um i currently am using the most updated version tew2020 um i have a save in it right now uh that i'm running which is with pghw i mentioned earlier one of my favorite promotions i think i'm like nine years into my current save like i really sink a lot of hours into this game like it completely sucks you in like when you get into the rhythm of playing it you you just don't stop because you always see the next show you always see the next year the next cycle of booking and you're always working towards it it's so addicting i love it oh by the way guys he did mention like people with high ratings but it's not that like the guy has stats of 100 on all of it and then you put a bad guy on it that has worse stats it it won't be a five-star match right joseph their stats have to be compatible with each other. That's how you yes. look now. It's not like and there's, give the best wrestler, also, give the normal mm-hmm. wrestler five star. No, no. It has to mesh with the wrestler's stats. And there's also this element of chemistry that's involved yes. in the games. Sometimes you'll put two great wrestlers who are on par with each other. You put them in a match together and the game will just randomly, it randomizes it in every, uh, every game booking. that you start. Yeah. Right, so like it, even if you're using the same database between saves, it's not going to be the same. But sometimes, either it'll be found that the two wrestlers have fantastic chemistry. chemistry, like they just they breathe to wrestle with each other. It's like in their blood. They're so fantastic together, or they're just like super awkward around each other, and it ruins things. Even if they're both individually yep. great, so it's these little touches. These this attention to detail of things that could happen in the real world where, you know, sometimes great wrestlers, they just don't work well together. Like Mitsuharu Misawa, Stan Hansen, both great wrestlers on their own. You put them together. You never really know. It might be one, a, a, a decent match, but usually it's a little boring and kind of bad. Um, <laughs> so it's so immersive and every new edition, Adam Ryland uh, practically single-handedly <laughs> programs the game on his own, each new edition, he's always adding things to make it more realistic, more immersive. And the great thing is that people just choose the version which they're most comfortable with. If you want something, you know, it's like a spectrum. It gets more and more detailed each time. You just pick which one you feel most comfortable with that you feel like you get the most fun out of. And you just sink all your hours into it. It's so worth the money. Uh, because you'll spend so much time on it. And uh, it's a game that has infinite replay value because there's just so much you could do with it. Like if you get bored with the Cornell verse, you just go onto the forums, you'll find a mod and yeah, just download. completely change everything. Yeah. There's a cool cheat uh, that you can use. Oh, yes. In if the, the later editions. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if we're talking about the same cheat, but there is a fun one. Okay. Uh, where in the later editions, if you put in this cheat, I forget what it's called, but if you put it in, what happens is the top company in the world experiences a plane crash where what? like 10, 20 of their <laughs> top stars just die. Like that's wow. it. They're just that's, dead. That's just morbid, man. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, but it completely that's... shakes up the game. Of course. And it com- yeah, it changes everything. So th- even within each individual edition, there's already so many different things you can do with it to completely match your play style. You can get out of it whatever you want. There's mods where you can book like cartoon characters. Like you could have Goku versus John Cena. That is a thing you can do in this game. <laughs> yeah. It's really only limited by your own imagination, the mods that you have. There's so much in it. I, 
I love it to death. I'll be buying every edition until I die, probably, honestly. Uh, that really, really is going to make Adam Rowland happy. And it's so funny. It's almost 20 years since he released the EWR version. Like, think about it, Joseph. Who knew a visual, an app or a software called Visual Basic would amass something this huge in a wrestling community pro wrestling community on the internet right i know and i think for years like just for a decade or so he was using the same base code and yes. just adding to it it was only with tew 2020 like the most recent one it was only that one where he like recoded everything from the ground up just because he needed to retool things and uh make it so that new features could be featured but that was the kind of longevity that he set himself up with. Like the foundation of TEW 2004 was able to carry him through like 11 years of content. And that's insane to me. Like the fan base is so dedicated. Adam Ryland continues to innovate um, every single time. And it's, it's just a lovely game for all those reasons. And the best part, you choose who wins, guys. Because there are some wrestling yes. simulators out there just randomly does it. Yeah, and you know, it, it's, it should be that. You know, it should have that experience where you're in control, you're the promoter, you, it, like, you know how people in the business are always like, you don't know what you're talking about. It, it, it offers you that chance to be like, yeah, I do know better. Look, the game gave me a 100 <laughs> So you can just do that, you know. All those fantasies you've ever had of booking your own wrestling show, you can do it through this game. And I, for my money, it's the best experience you'll ever have trying to capture that feeling of being in charge of a wrestling promotion. It's Amen. better than GM mode. Way it's better. better than... It'll... 90% chance it's better than whatever the AEW video game is going to have. Oh, it's dude. genuinely that good. Yeah, there's a beta version right now, and I heard, well, obviously, since it's beta, uh, there are some wrestler renders that are not yet in-game, but the wrestlers are already there. You know, so, But again, it's a beta version, and I think it's going to be similar to the SmackDown versus Raw thing, because obviously, mm -hmm. it's only AEW contracted wrestlers will be there, I think. Right. But that has its own benefits, of course. Yeah, you get to see people, you know, you get to live it out but that that it was never those games are not meant to capture the experience of being a promoter of course you know it's more of it's more of to capture the feeling of being a pretend wrestler like not even being an actual pro wrestler it's about living the dream of pro wrestling as if wrestling was real and this one it was these games tew games are very much rooted in reality in realism and uh i think that's why they've been so enduring is that people people like that people like to be able to simulate things that are going on in the real world like it's why the sims games are so fun like yeah they have their own silliness like ufos and aliens and stuff but if you start with something like sim city people like to be able to create their own urban spaces and with tew you're able to create and nurture and grow your own wrestling promotion it's fantastic hey man man like it's fun to play that too and it sucks that real life hits you and sometimes people don't have time to play it. But if you guys who are listening are interested in playing it, please check out the uh, show notes here on our website. Or if you're on Spotify, fine. It'll be there too, I hope. So Joseph, thank you so much for giving us a deep dive into my favorite kind of game. Ironically, it's not a video game per se. It's still a text-based video game. Oh yeah, there's no videos in any of it. Videos of this one. But if you're going space. into this, yeah, if you're going into this looking for like detailed CGI renders you of won't. wrestlers, that's not you that's not what it. you're getting at yeah. all. Um nah. Nah. But you know, there is a there with the mods I mentioned, you can still pick different skins, you know, different yes. graphic looks for the games, the interface. It's it it's endless. It's that's why it's so good. It it only ever as limited as your own imagination. It's such a great game. Amen. 
So for those who are interested, I think you can still, what, uh, TEW2005 download? I think you can still download that. In, you can, and you it's can. free. And it's free. You can go to graydogsoftware.com. Just mm-hmm. look at it there. It's been free since 2009. See, wow. It's been that long because I remember playing it that year because I was like, ah, I feel missed out. They got TEW 0405 and now they're going to TEW 2010. Wait, and then that fateful day in the message board, they say it's free now. Oh, man. So here's my recommendation. Okay. Right. If any of you are even a little bit interested at all uh, about what we talked about here today, um, download TEW 2005. Yes. Because it won't cost you a thing. It's like, what? There's no CGI renders. You don't need a graphics card, okay? <laughs> Just download the damn thing and give it a spin. If you like it even a little, you're going to end up loving playing just 2005. And if you get super addicted, you're, you're, you read around, you look at what the different features are, you might be interested enough to buy the later versions. But I promise you, any wrestling fan out there will get some enjoyment out of playing TEW 2005. I love that game. I, I've been able to bond with some of my closest friends over that game, just talking about it, our ideas, our plans for our promotions. Uh, it's a great game. I love it. Download it. It's free. Very free. And for those who want to check out your stuff, Joseph, where can they see you online? If you are interested in hearing me speak more about pro wrestling, you can subscribe to my channel. That is youtube.com slash Joseph Montesilio YT. I write about wrestling occasionally. And uh, you can find that on my blog. That's josephmontesilio.wordpress.com. And for any of my other projects and my random loose thoughts about pro wrestling, you can follow me on Twitter. That's at Joseph Weirdness. And thank you so much for joining us, Joseph. And for our dear listeners here, please don't forget to keep supporting us here at Third World Gaming. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts now, apparently. And of course, you can check us out here on Chal14.com. We have other shows like Bodega Nights, The Cast Garden, and old episodes of Jobber Talk, Radio Norm, and Third World The Next. And on behalf of my friend Joseph. This is Martin. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.